0: Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. My message is entitled, Compassion for the Nation, amen. And I'm so glad that you're here this morning and our prayer is always, every Sunday morning and Sunday night, that as we come around the Word of God and some thoughts from Scripture, that in some way God would speak to you, that in some way your life would be built up, it would be encouraged, that you would walk out of this place inspired in your relationship with God. Amen. And that's our prayer this morning. And as I said today, our message is entitled Compassion for the Nations. And I want to say this morning from the outset, I believe that compassion is a force that can change our world and today, each of us has an opportunity to be able to make a real difference in the nation of Vanuatu. You may not be uh, on that trip going to Vanuatu. You, you may not be a part of the team. You might choose to do that next year. We're focused on Vanuatu. Someone asked uh, during the week, it was Dave, what's our vision? Well, I don't know. We, we get over there again. And who knows, maybe to build a school in that community or build a medical center in that community. I don't know. But we'll go back over there again. We'll empower the local church and do some awesome stuff, but long-term big picture, who knows what it is that God might call us to do. And you know, the truth is that often when we think of our missions work, uh, or, or when we think of third world countries straight away, our minds go to India or to Africa. You know, I've been to both those places. I went on a missions trip when I was about 20 years of age um, to, to India. It was just frightening. I mean, I've never experienced anything like it. I mean, hardcore third world world and also uh, spent quite a bit of time in Africa and uh, that's quite a needy nation as well you know but the truth is three hours and 15 minutes that direction have a look out there over the eastern sea only three hours and 15 minutes that direction you're going to find some of the poorest and some of the neediest people on the planet that's the truth today and so when we think about missions and third world nations, I want to encourage us that Vanuatu is a nation um, of great needs. And this morning I wanted to share just a few little stats. If I could, if I could just have that picture up there firstly, that would be great. Josiah, there we go. <laughs> nearly didn't do it. You see that pause there? But he would have been in big trouble, Carly, when he got home if he didn't do it. But, uh, you know, you, you think about, um, as I said, third world nations, and, and in particular, that, that, that there is a home, that's where a family would live, uh, that's quite, a, quite a, a good hut, quite a, a well-kept hut, but that's the sort of living conditions that the majority of the Nevan people are living in today. The truth is the average wage is $17 a day. For where we're going in, in Dilma, it's probably a few dollars a day. Uh, that's, that's what they live off there. Rent's incredibly expensive across the island nations. That's why there are so many slum areas. There's places where we've been before and done some work in. Places that you go when you've got nowhere else to go. You've heard me say that. Medical services are minimal. Uh, they say this for every thousand children that are born 28 die before their fifth birthday because there's no free medical in Vanuatu you've got to pay for all of your medical care that's why I'm so encouraged about the team going over there and doing some medical care amen we may not be able to do massive things but I'm sure that we're going to do a whole stack of little things that are going to equate to blessing in people's lives amen And so medical care, they've got to pay for. Education is something that most families can't afford. There is no free education in Vanuatu. Families have to pay. That's why so many children don't go to school because their families simply can't afford it. And 40 to 50% of the population have no access to electricity and running water. 40 to 50% of the people across the island nation, there's about 278,000 people across those uh, islands, 40 to 50% have no access to clean water and electricity. And the truth is there's huge needs in Vanuatu. And I believe God is calling us to partner with the nation of Vanuatu and the communities within, in Vanuatu to empower them to make a difference. Amen. I know that as we go and as we invest and we empower the church in Dilma, that that blessing and that empowerment is going to equate to other community members being blessed and coming to faith as a result of that. I know that with all of my heart, Amen. As we go and do that, God is going to use it and lead people to Christ. Amen. And the truth is this morning, as real as their poverty is and their need is, the truth is that we can make a real difference today as we allow our hearts to be stirred with a compassion for the people of Vanuatu. And today I want to share with you a thought about the power of compassion. Many Christians are into being soothed, but God is wanting us to be moved. And there's a story coming out of Exodus chapter 2 that shows us and highlights to us the power of compassion. And we see in Exodus chapter 2, one act of compassion literally changed, uh, literally led to the changing of a nation, to the liberty and the release of a whole people. And you'll find it here, but a little bit of the background to it. In Exodus chapter 2, we see a nation of 2 million people that are living in slavery 40 generations of slavery, 400 years living under the harsh conditions of Pharaoh. Pharaoh decides in this particular uh, verse of Scripture in Exodus chapter 2 that there's going to be a genocide on all males that were born. But we discover through one act of compassion it led to the saving of a nation. And we pick the story up. You'll see it up on the screen there. In Exodus chapter 2 verse 5 we start. It says this, Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe in the water. And her maidens walked along the riverside, and when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, Moses. And behold, the baby wept, as they do. So she said, so excuse me, so she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrew children. You know the story beyond that, I would expect. If not, you can read through some of the chapters of Exodus to see what transpired. But through that one act of compassion, the nation of Israel was freed. Amen. Through that one act of kindness, the whole nation came out of slavery and into freedom. Amen. I believe this morning that how different the story of Moses and the deliverance of the Hebrew children would have been if it was not for the compassion of this woman. Her caring, her compassion, her selflessness was literally the saving of a nation. Amen. The truth, God, uh, God's plan was accomplished through her compassion. And I think with all of my heart today that it has not changed. That is how God's plans are accomplished today. When we have compassion, when we are moved by what we see, when we are willing to to help those that are in need, God's plan is enacted. But it's all through and by compassion. So this morning, how's your compassion today? Amen? Are you soothed by what you see? Or are you getting stirred in your heart to be moved by what you see? Sentiment soothes us. Compassion moves us. And I believe that as followers of Christ, God's called us to be compassionate. Amen. Because as we saw there in Exodus, one act of compassion was able to change a nation. One act of compassion from our hearts today towards the nation of Vanuatu could lead to tens of hundreds of people coming to Christ. Amen. How's your compassion this morning? We live in such a time today. I don't know about you, but we've got to be so careful that we don't allow our hearts to get hard and callous. You know why? Because at any moment during the course of the day, we're reading about this tragedy taking place and that tragedy taking place. And we get home at night time and we turn the TV on and we see all the tragic things that take place. And after a while, we get desensitized to what's happening around us because we're just overwhelmed with all the things that are taking place. But I want to encourage us today, this morning, compassion is a force that God uses to change the planet. Amen. And he's calling us to be compassionate, calling us to be compassionate towards the island nation and the people of Vanuatu. Compassion is a force that will move us to reach our cities, our communities, and the nation of the world. In fact, change the nation of Vanuatu through and by our compassion. Amen. There's a verse of scripture I want to share with you this morning and I'm almost done. Matthew chapter 9 verse 36 to 38, it shows us the compassion of Jesus and I want to encourage you this morning that Jesus wasn't just soothed by what he saw, he was moved. It says this, but when he saw the multitudes, Jesus, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like having sheep with no shepherd." Then he said to the disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers of you, therefore, pray to the Lord of harvest to send out laborers into the harvest field. Jesus saw, he saw what was taking place, and he was moved with compassion. Are you being moved with compassion to the needs of those that are in and around your world? Are you being moved with compassion? by what you see taking place and the opportunity that God might present to you? Or are you like so many Christians today that just want to be soothed? Tell me another story about how much Jesus loves me. Tell me again how much Jesus has done for me. Tell me again about the grace of God. Tell me again that I'm forgiven by God. I believe that we've got to be so careful that if that is our only reason for coming to church, we need to stir our hearts, amen. 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 There's a dying world out there. Kim said it this morning. Christ is the answer to the world. Don't be fooled. Jesus said it. No one comes to the Father except by the Son. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hey. Compassion. God's wanting our hearts to be moved by compassion just as Jesus was moved with compassion said before the difference between compassion and sentiment sentiment soothes us we go oh look at those poor people compassion moves us oh how can I help those poor people See the difference between the two? Many Christians are much more be into being soothed than they are into being moved. Until you and I are moved with the same compassion that moved Jesus, the multitude will continue to be weary and scattered without a shepherd. Jesus teaches us again another story. Daryl Stewart down the back there. Hello, sir. How are you, old gentleman, fair friend? Amen. Good to have you here. I didn't say anything offensive then, did I? I am just so much so not politically correct <laughs> I am not sideline then back to the message I, I we were in Sydney and I went to an anaconda store to buy some camping equipment right it was just it was awesome so I negotiated with this gentleman in the back corner and uh, we come up with a price and then I went to the counter he took it to the counter he left and the gentleman said, This is such and such. And I said, um, Oh, no. The gentleman down in the back corner said I could have it for such and such. And he said, Who is he? And I said, He's a short Asian guy in the back corner. <laughs> and the guy went, <laughs> Well, it was true. That's what he was. Amen. But good having you here, Daryl, this morning. <laughs> I'm digging a hole, Ollie. I better get out of it, I think. There's a great, many of us would be aware of this, and if you're not aware of this story, if you're new to faith or you haven't um, read these verses of Scripture, Jesus tells and illustrates what compassion looks like. You'll see it in um, the book of Luke, chapter 10. He tells a story about compassion, And the pretext of the story is very important because a gentleman comes to him and says, well, what must I do to have eternal life? What must I do to inherit eternal life? Pretty important question. Very very important question. The the, the, the religious person does what a lot of Christians do. He spouts out what he knows because he says to Jesus, he says, well, if, I, if, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. So he gives a head answer. As Jesus pokes him a little bit about, well, what, what do you understand about what it means to inherit eternal life? Well, he just says, well, this is what I know. But then Jesus takes the answer to the question to a whole new level. He takes it to a heart response. The guy gives him a head response, but then Jesus is like, well, no, you're not getting it. You, you know it. You know, love the Lord your God and your neighbor. You, you get that in your head, but I'm wanting to see some, some rubber on the road. I'm wanting to see some flesh in the game, and this is what it looks like. He goes on to give us this story. He says, Behold, a certain lawyer stood down and tested him, saying, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Then in Luke chapter 10, 35, Then Jesus answered and said to him, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among the thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Well, I would say this morning, that's a pretty accurate description of how people are potentially broken and destitute without the knowledge of God. So here's the man on the side of the road, um, beaten up, wounded, Leaving, laying there half dead on the side of the road. Now it goes on, Jesus telling the story, answering the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now by a, uh, by a chance, a certain priest came down the road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, the Levite, when he arrived at that place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. We see here that religion is not making any difference. In fact, what the priest and the Levite had going for them was this. They had a calling. They had an anointing. They had an office. They had a ministry. They had an education. They had blessing. They had prosperity and respect. But all of that was not enough to make a difference in that man's life. I don't care what you know. I don't care how great your theology is. I don't care whatever your circumstance is. Without compassion, without love, what are we? Goes on. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, had compassion on him. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine, and sat him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever you may spend or more when I come, I will repay you. He had compassion, so he went to him. Compassion moved him. He cared but it cost him. Caring and saving others is costly. Caring is costly, but so also is not caring. The Samaritan that day saved two lives. As he valued the perishing man's life, his own life also became more valuable. But listen to this this morning. The priest and the Levite, the religious people, who were God's servants, had no compassion so that they did not go to him. They didn't care. They didn't help. They did not value this man's life above their own convenience and comfort, but it cost them. I've got a joke, Rob. When I say something else that's politically incorrect, now what i'm about to share with you in this next little bit we just just need to hear it jesus tells us you're listening the samaritan saved his life the priest and the levi lost their souls Jesus tells the story in Matthew chapter 25, the story of the sheep and the goats, right? Listen to me this morning. If you hear nothing else, listen to this. Both the goat said, Lord, Lord, and the sheep said, Lord, Lord. Both groups of people believed in Christ, believed in his saving grace, right? They both said, Lord, Lord, Master, Lord. You got that? So they believed in Jesus. They had a faith in him. But at the end of that parable, the sheep and the goats, this is what he says. Then he will answer them saying in verse 46, Assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you did to one of the least of these, you did it to me. And these will go into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The goats were soothed, the sheep were moved. The goats were soothed. Oh, you poor, naked person. Are you poor, thirsty person. Are you poor man or woman in prison? You deserve it anyway. The goats were soothed by what they saw, but the sheep were moved by compassion. You're thirsty? Can we give you something to drink? You're naked? How can we help to clothe you? You're hungry? Please, let us feed you. You're in prison. We all make mistakes. Can I visit you? And a huge difference between the two people here. The priest and the Levite were afraid of losing their time, their income, their convenience, and their comfort. But ultimately what they lost was their soul. Christianity is all about compassion and caring and selflessness. And those things cost us. But not having those things cost us even more, as I conclude this morning. When we stand before Jesus... He's not going to ask what kind of car you drove. He's going to ask what did you do for those that were helpless. When you stand before him, he's not going to ask what kind of clothes you wore. He's going to ask who did you help to clothe. He's not going to ask if you ate in fancy restaurants. He's going to ask if you fed the hungry. He's not going to ask if you got promoted at work. He's going to ask who you promoted in life. He's not going to ask what kind of house did you live in. He's going to ask, did you love your neighbors? He's not going to ask how much money you made. He's going to ask how much money you gave. He's not going to ask how much you saved. He's going to ask how many you saved. It's costly to show compassion, to love, to care. But I believe that it's more costly not to. Many churches today can be defined by the following but not shall have a community church. It's up on the screen there. I think. It's not up on the screen. Are you being cheeky again? No, keep going mate. Right to the end. Have you been following me the whole time? One bad picture, and that's what I get. In fact, I think it was cute. Back, one before that. The one after that? That's it. Many churches are like that. The sign on the front of the church says, We care about you Sundays, 10 a.m. only. We care about you Sunday, 10 a.m. only. God's wanting us to cultivate hearts of compassion. You know, this morning, I want to ask this morning, I want to ask us that we would give to the nation of Vanuatu. I want to ask that you would partner with us in going over there and transforming that community. There's a couple of scriptures that talk about giving to the poor. This is who we're giving to this morning. In Proverbs 19, verse 17, it says, Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. And he will reward them for what they have done. Proverbs 22 verse 9 says, The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. I want to ask us this morning that we would give to the poor today. That we would take some of our resource today, some of our money today, and we we would compassionately invest it into the community of Dilma. Amen. In a minute, I'm going to ask the host to come. If you haven't come prepared, then the information count as the FPOS machine. You can put Vanuatu there. But I know that in the next number of weeks, we're going to be coming back and talking to the church about all the incredible things that God has done through and by our giving. Amen. These are some of the things that we'll be doing. If I could have that next screen. Firstly is a second water tank installation. Where we go, where we are, there's no running water, there's no tap water, there's no electricity. So we're putting in a second water tank there that will absolutely transform uh, that community in and around that particular area there. You might not think that that's such a big thing, that's a massive thing just there for them to have access and easier access to clean drinking water. Huge thing, absolutely huge. The second thing is modifications on the church to enable them to meet when it rains. And so we want to assist them with some building in and around their facility now. that's quite, quite ordinary. We want to um, put some side walls there and some screening so that they can go in there and meet when it's windy and it's raining. We we're going to do the eye clinics. Many people have been, given, um, uh, been giving um, glasses over the last, last month or so. Uh, But we're going to be running eye clinics and then the medical clinics as well. We've been gathering resources for that. But the more resource that we get, the more that we can help with that. We want to purchase some plastic chairs for the elderly. I thought all the old people would have gone, amen. You know you see them uh in their 60s and 70s and 80s just sitting on the ground and we can just sit there and go oh, well that's just what they're youth to. how pathetic 15 dollars will buy a plastic chair for an elderly person amen we'll buy a few of those amen so out of the giving today we're going to buy some plastic chairs for the elderly we want to buy some new believers booklets and some bibles for them as well amen one of the things that we always commit to now when we're going to the nation is taking Bibles, excuse me, buying Bibles when we're over there in their language. We go to the local Bible society and we do that. Going to ask for some ladies' care packs to be put together. Just soap. Just soap. Soap and some deodorant. Can you believe that? Just some soap and deodorant will just change a lady's life there. She'd be like a princess for, that's how she'll feel, being able to wash herself and use some deodorant and small stuff but big stuff, amen. And lastly, as I said, every afternoon that we do the, the, uh, the outreach, we'll be there probably from just around lunchtime, we'll be doing the eye clinic, the medical clinics, the building, all that'll be going on in the afternoon. Then the afternoon, we'll be doing a gospel presentation each night Um, calling people to Christ. But what we want to do in each of those afternoons is equip and empower the local pastor and the team there to provide a meal for them every afternoon. So if if I could help you, some people will be walking from half an hour, an hour, up to two hours away. They'll be all walking to that one location where the church will be. And so every afternoon, medical clinics, eye clinics, that sort of stuff going on, gospel presentation, and then a big meal. Amen. Awesome? So this morning, I want to ask us to give today. There are people in this place who could give $5,000 and it wouldn't even affect your bottom line. But I'm not interested in the amount this morning. I believe that what God is interested in this morning is our heart and our compassion towards this nation. We have an opportunity this morning, and I believe uh, uh, the privilege this morning of being able to invest into it. Amen? If I could just have the team come up, that would be great, the worship team awesome good for us amen changing the nation Marty stand up old fella I'm probably not even allowed to say that but you know I just honor Marty i Marty and Lisa, of course, and the whole family. Marty's been with me to Vanuatu, I don't know, 10 times at least. 10 times. And, uh, you know, every time that he comes, it's out of his own pocket. He just flights and accommodation and travel and all that stuff. 10, 12 times. Because he loves the people there. He wants to make a difference. That's, that's compassion. Amen. He might not be the best looking man you've ever seen, but he's got a... We're good mates, I can say that, can't I? Amen? In fact, I shouldn't talk, he's got more hair than me. <laughs> don't, don't let... I'm not here to try and convince you or anything like that today. But don't listen to my voice. Listen to the Lord's voice this morning, Amen? Sentiment soothes, compassion moves. So in a minute, I'm going to pray a prayer and at least from the team will just lead us through one worship song. Then we'll finish and it's going to be some amazing opportunity out there as well. But if you haven't come prepared, use the FPOS machine and just write Vanuatu. 11th of July, we begin. For two weeks, partnering with them, empowering them equipping them to go and continue the work that they're doing there already. It's lovely. It's lovely. So Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, I just pray this morning that you just encourage each of our hearts today. Lord, help us. Help us in the midst of all that's going on around the world and much of it's very challenging and ugly. But remind us, Lord, that that Jesus was moved by compassion and that you continue to call your church, your people to be moved by compassion as well. So pray, Lord, today, may we give, may we give generously today. May we just give out a heart of of love and compassion for the people in Vanuatu, Lord. We, We just thank you for this journey that we've been on. And we know that, God, you're going before us. You're preparing to do mighty things in that nation in and through and by our compassion and our giving. And everybody said amen, amen. The stewards are going to come and receive that right now. And while they do, if we could just sing a song, that would be awesome.